0: From all of us at In Grace, Happy New Year! Today on In Grace, we're in Israel to show you the real story of Christmas.
1: Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr., he is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois as well as the host of InGrace Radio and TV. Welcome to
0: In Grace. Today on In Grace Radio, we're going to be taking you back to Israel. Uh, As you know, on our Friday and weekend edition of In Grace, we have been talking about Jesus' first days. You know, we know that he came and he he entered into the world in Bethlehem, and we know about the angels announcing his birth and and the, the shepherds being the witness to the angels and going to find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. The God of all glory is lying in a manger, born into a poor family, Mary and Joseph. Oh, there were so many things that happened, not just at Christmas, but in the days after as Jesus was a baby and then a little boy and then a adolescent, a teenager. So we're going to talk about some of those things. We're going to go back to Nazareth today because Jesus was born in Bethlehem. They fled to Egypt. They came back. I think they were going to come back to Bethlehem because they had family there and maybe Joseph was going to set up his workshop there instead of where they were from in Nazareth. But then they found out that they should go on up to Nazareth, and that's what the Bible predicted. He would be born in Bethlehem, he would come up out of Egypt, and that he would be from Nazareth. And so only God can orchestrate all of these world events to, to have his son end up growing up where the Bible said he would be from. He would be a Galilean. He would be from the Galilee. And so, we know Jesus did that, grew up there in those streets, and we are going to take you to those streets today. We're going to talk about what it would have been like for Mary and Joseph to go to Jerusalem with him and and lose him. They left Jesus in Jerusalem, and they were a day away. They were going home and and uh, they were in their big family caravan, and one thought the other had them, And boy, they get back, and there he was in the temple, confounding the wise. And so these are incredible stories. That, you know, some people just stop the Christmas story stops at you know in the manger. No, 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 it continues all the way up through, and then into his early ministry. So we're going to talk about a lot of this today here on in Grace, and I hope that you're enjoying this series. Right before we get into it. Let me tell you about something we have that we need your help with we printed too many Christmas cards. Uh, we have some beautiful Christmas cards, original artwork. We have the shepherds. We have Mary and Joseph. We have the baby. We have the angel announcing the birth, and we have the wise men. Five different cards. All of them have the gospel on the back, and we would love to send you two of each. So, 10 Christmas cards. You say, well, obviously, we're not going to send out Christmas cards now, uh, You know, five days after Christmas, six days after Christmas. Yeah, I get that. But You're going to be ready for next year. Talk about being early, being ready. So contact us right now, 1-800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com and say, hey, I'd like to get those, we'll call them the 2024 Christmas cards. How's that sound? Uh, And you give a gift of any amount. If it's a dollar, I don't care. Whatever you want to give is fine. Your gift will be doubled and we'll thank you by sending you these beautiful Christmas cards for next year. Contact us, 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. Also, we have some beautiful Christmas ornaments. They're made out of olive wood from Bethlehem. We're going to send you ten of those Christmas ornaments for your gift of thirty-five dollars or more, plus the Christmas cards. And for those of you that can give hundred dollars or more, we're going to send you a olive wood nativity. These are beautiful pieces of olive wood from Bethlehem, and your gift is doubled right now in our matching gift challenge.
1: Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. The Christmas story
0: actually comes here to Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. As the first days of Jesus, it was 40 days after the birth, and this was time for Mary's purification. And they brought Jesus here as a baby, and they offered a sacrifice. And the sacrifice was one for a person that didn't have a lot of money. Dr. Scott Stripling is an archeologist, the director of the dig at Shiloh, and the one responsible for finding the incredible lead curse tablet from Mount Ebal. Scott has been on many In Grace episodes and is an expert on customs from Bible times.
2: They go through these rites of purification, which is some turtle doves that are sacrificed, which is the offering for the most impoverished people. See, it's, they don't yet have the, the wealth that the wise men are bringing. So at this point, they're pinching pennies, young couple with a newborn baby. And this is where they come and they encounter, of course, Simeon and Anna.
0: And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him.
2: The Lord has revealed to him that he is going to live until he sees the Christ child. And when he sees Mary and Joseph coming and he sees the baby Jesus, just like John the Baptist had leapt with inside his mother, Simeon, although he's on the other age of the geriatric spectrum, Simeon's spirit leaps also when he sees this child and he
0: just begins to prophesy and speak words over them. Then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, Now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. This child is
2: set for the rise and the fall of many in Israel to bring a light to the Gentiles and to His own people. And it must have just been a powerful prophetic moment there on the Temple Mount. Mary's maybe still dealing with postpartum emotions and stuff, and now you're getting these powerful prophecies about your son. And right on the heels of that, they encounter Anna, who's a prophetess. She
0: also has the Word of the Lord and she gives it to them. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. Some people have pointed out what may seem at first to be a discrepancy in the gospels. Luke says that after the infant Jesus visited the temple with his parents, they went to Nazareth. But Matthew says that after the Magi's visit with Jesus in Bethlehem, which would have happened after Jesus' visit to the temple, that Joseph brought Mary and Jesus, not to Nazareth, but to Egypt. Now keep in mind, the apostle John in his gospel pointed out that all the things that happened in Jesus' life could not be contained in books. Luke does not say immediately they went directly to Nazareth. He simply does not include the details of the Magi, nor of the trip to Egypt in his gospel. After talking about Mary's purification at the temple, and since Jesus connects Bethlehem to Jerusalem, Scott wanted to show us something connected to both Mary's purification and Jesus, the living water. We scrambled down this path that I'm pretty sure was not open to the public.
2: We're uh, just outside Jaffa Gate under the Mamela Mall area. And you're standing, Jim. You are standing inside the lower aqueduct, which was built about 80 BC during the Hasmonean period to bring water from Bethlehem all the way to Jerusalem. And this aqueduct goes straight through here. And what we know as Wilson's Arch today supports this aqueduct as it comes to the Temple Mount. In about 20 BC, Herod builds a second aqueduct, what we call the upper aqueduct. And together, there's this confluence of water flowing into the Temple Mount. And when you start having things like purification, for example, that Mary was going through, you're asking
0: like, where did they get the water? This is where it came from. Jesus born in Bethlehem. He is the living water. He's the bread of life, you know, the light Light of of the the world, world. right? So there's this connection here coming through this channel that I'm standing in all the way from Bethlehem to Jerusalem and really eventually into the entire world, because this water in Revelation, it says, whoever is thirsty, drink freely of the water of life. And when her water breaks in
2: Bethlehem, 40 days later, she's going to come here and this water from Bethlehem is going to bring her through the rites of purification. Wow. And this is one of those things that's not on the tourist map. No, I don't think there's one out of 10 million people that come to to where we are, but I think it's important that we understand the infrastructure in biblical times. They have the same infrastructure issues that we had. They complained about taxes, just like we do. But I don't think I would have complained about this because this benefited the entire population. They all had good potable
0: water and that was critical to a civilization. So you're saying you like taxes. (laughs) In our last episode of Jesus' First Days, we talked about the Magi's arrival following the Star of Bethlehem. Now I'd like to revisit their visit and find out who they were where they came from and the significance of their gifts. The Magi are coming from the east, and these are people, we can
2: call them seers, prophets, Magi. They come from Mesopotamia, and and they're coming into this area in a caravan, most likely. This is how these people would have traveled. Three gifts doesn't mean there were three wise men, very likely a caravan. And a star leads them to that spot, and they
0: offer these riches to the Son of God. The timing of this, there seems to be some time that has passed. You know, maybe right. maybe it's not just a little infant that's just been born that's still in a manger. Um, this is a different a house now. Okay, so now they've been able to move into the Cataluma. The Herod kills the babies that are mm-hmm. older than an infant. So then we wonder if, had there been a number of years, yeah. at least a year or so that has
2: passed, The timing of that makes it seem like you're close to two years from the birth to this point, when of course the angels intervene again. And just like Joseph in the Old Testament is a dreamer and God's speaking to him through visions, Joseph is also hearing from angels. And where's he gonna take them? Down to Egypt. So our first Joseph, where does he take Israel? Down to Egypt. Where does this Joseph take them? Down to Egypt. And
0: incidentally, they had a lot of gold, frankincense, and myrrh Uh to sustain them when they were there. Let's talk about the three gifts. So yep. you say gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What is the significance of those gifts?
2: I think there is symbolism in that. Probably the, the myrrh has to do with his humanity and his suffering. It's something used in preparing for, for burial. The frankincense is an incense, sort of a, a priestly royal type thing also. And uh, the gold kind of speaking of divinity.
1: Get ready to celebrate the holiday season within grace. This year, we have fantastic gifts to thank you for your support. With any gift amount, we'll send you 10 Christmas cards featuring original artwork on the front, inspiring Bible verses inside and the gospel on the back. This will help you show Christ's love this holiday season. For gifts of $35 or more, it gets even better. You'll not only receive those beautiful Christmas cards, but also 10 authentic olive wood Christmas ornaments from Bethlehem, Israel. And for gifts of $100 or more, you'll also receive a stunning olive wood nativity scene from Bethlehem, a cherished piece that will grace your home for years to come. Are you ready for more excitement? A generous benefactor is doubling all gifts for the remainder of 2023. That's right, your donations will be doubled, so, Make this holiday season truly magnificent with InGrace. Call us now at 800-78-GRACE. That's 800-78-GRACE. Or visit us at ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Become part of the InGrace family and celebrate the season of giving. Don't miss this special opportunity to take on the Matching Gift Challenge and double your support. That's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com.
0: Nazareth today is a little different than it would have been back in the day of Jesus. But I often wonder what was it like as Jesus ran around the streets here in this town of Nazareth? And what it would have been like for Mary and Joseph to raise a perfect child? These are interesting questions that all connect with the Christmas story and the boyhood home of Jesus here in Nazareth. One of the things here in Nazareth Village are olive trees as they're all over Israel, but especially in the Galilee. This one's the oldest, it's a grand tree. Some of these trees can live a thousand years, the root system probably longer. And our guide was just telling us, by the way, his name is Nathaniel. That's interesting, right? Because he's the one that said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He said the word for this shoot that comes up, it's part of the tree, but it's coming up, is sad? And maybe that's where Nazareth came from, the name Nazareth. And Jesus is that root that comes up out of dry ground as, as predicted in the prophets. What do you think about the, the childhood of Jesus? Well, according to
2: the Christmas carol, he didn't cry. I mean, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. So yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think that's that's quite authentic. He had a, probably a very normal childhood. So he's growing in wisdom and in stature in
0: favor with God and man. Can you imagine Jesus, a normal boy, except not normal in one way, he was sinless. I can just imagine the young Christ looking around learning what life was like. Now, he was God in every way, but he had veiled his deity to come here to be a human. So as he was experiencing things like we do, he was going to the market, he was able to play and learn and and run around like any child would. But there was a uniqueness to him because he was certainly studious. He was certainly one that would spend a lot of time in study and a lot of time in learning. And again, you wonder why would God need to learn anything? And again, we're talking about in his humanity, in his uh, knowledge of what it's like to live as a human, that's where he grew in wisdom and in stature. And as I walk through these old streets here in Nazareth, that's what I think of, the young child, Jesus, running around learning and getting to know what this world is like. While I was interviewing architectural archaeologist Dr. Lane Rittmeier, the one who is known for knowing the most about the Jewish Temple Mount, he talked about Jesus visiting the Temple Mount as a
1: 12-year-old boy. When he was 12 years old, he went to the Temple Mount, we we read in Luke chapter 2. his father-mother went back to Nazareth, not realizing that they lost their son, <laughs> but you know, where was he? He was back in the temple in his father's house, and asking them questions and giving the answer. He was surprised at his knowledge, and you think, what kind of questions would he have asked? That was Passover time. He must have seen the Passover lamb being ordained. I think that was the first time that as a young boy, he realized that he was going to be that Passover lamb and he prepared all his life for that.
2: He finds himself on the southern ascent where there's a a colonnaded area and he begins to encounter these sages, these teachers of Judaism. And Mary and Joseph must have been really busy and quite an entourage because they left him at church. You know, we've probably all left Jesus at (laughs) church before, but they left him in the temple. And they get a significant way home and they realize. Today's journey. We have left 12 miles or something like that. Yeah. We have left our son. Must have been a panic that they felt. Mary, I thought you had him. <laughs> no. Joseph,
0: I thought he was with you and like, your yeah.
2: group which means there's probably a bunch of them traveling together. It's bad enough to lose
0: your your own child when you lose the Son of God. That's yeah, really bad, right? That,
2: that could be a big problem. <laughs> I'm sure they rush back to Jerusalem. They come to the temple. And of course, the story is they find Jesus there sitting with the teachers of the law, and he's speaking to them. He's imparting wisdom to them. And that's going to become a pattern for Jesus's life. Up to this point, if someone unclean touches you, you become unclean. When Jesus touches someone unclean, that person becomes clean. Now, the teachers should be teaching him, Mm -hmm. he's instead teaching them. He's going to reverse everything. And ultimately he's even gonna reverse the second law of thermodynamics when he rises from the dead here in Jerusalem, and then he's gonna ascend into heaven right here on the Mount of Olives.
0: After the incident of almost losing Jesus, they end up back here in Nazareth and we don't hear anything else about Joseph. Most of us feel that Joseph must have died as Jesus was still maybe in his teenage years. And what would Jesus have done? I've often wondered, why did Jesus wait until he was 30 to begin his ministry? Well, that's maybe when you're fully mature. But I wonder also if he was doing the right thing and working on behalf of his mother Mary, his imma, and his brothers and sisters to make sure that they were cared for since he had a trade as he was also a carpenter, a tecton. And maybe once they all grew up and were self-supporting, then he knew it was time to begin the ministry. And there, at the foot of the cross, was his mother. The son that she had rocked in her arms, the one that I called Emmanuel, was now suffering on a cruel cross. He What started here in Bethlehem went all the way to a cross just north of here in Jerusalem. And as Jesus poured out His blood, His innocent, perfect, righteous blood for you and for me to pay for our sins, He was put into the grave and He miraculously, as only God could do, rose again. He's alive, it's real, it's true, And in this Christmas season, I can't imagine anything better than for you to receive the gift called eternal life. For God so loved the world, that's you, that's me, that's all of us, that He gave, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, you, me, anybody, believeth in Him, to trust in Him, to depend on Him, not a religion, not works, but in Jesus, shall not perish, which is hell but have everlasting life my friend that's the real christmas story jesus the son of god came to die for you and me and there's a limited time for you to accept this gift don't delay put your trust in jesus christ today say lord i'm a sinner i can't save myself but i do believe i do trust that jesus died for me he is the son of god he paid for my sins i believe in him and don't forget Jesus is the reason for the season. He was born in Bethlehem. He's coming back and He wants to save you and He wants to bless you at this Christmas season and
1: beyond. Get ready to celebrate the holiday season within grace. This year, we have fantastic gifts to thank you for your support. With any gift amount, we'll send you 10 Christmas cards featuring original artwork on the front, inspiring Bible verses inside, and the gospel on the back. This will help you show Christ's love this holiday season. For gifts of $35 or more, it gets even better. You'll not only receive those beautiful Christmas cards, but also 10 authentic olive wood Christmas ornaments from Bethlehem, Israel. And for gifts of $100 or more, You'll also receive a stunning olive wood nativity scene from Bethlehem, a cherished piece that will grace your home for years to come. Are you ready for more excitement? A generous benefactor is doubling all gifts for the remainder of 2023. That's right, your donations will be doubled. So make this holiday season truly magnificent within grace. Call us now at 800-78-GRACE. That's 800-78-GRACE or visit us at ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Become part of the InGrace family and celebrate the season of giving. Don't miss this special opportunity to take on the Matching Gift Challenge and double your support. That's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at In Grace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in next week as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on In Grace Radio.